0: they can't handle the truth war room battleground here's your host stephen k bannon For our own mike davis mike davis is all of a sudden a, a not just a national figure an international figure of some esteem he's in denver covering the 14th amendment trial but i gotta play he they did a 22 minute segment on mike davis last night uh and that is extraordinary that's kind of what we call blowing a break okay 22 minutes on our own mike davis let's go ahead and let it rip
1: think somebody hey, struggling hang on, hang on. you think there's, somebody that's struggling right up. now in the economy cares about firing random deep state people indicting well, joe Biden's there's
0: many things brother, you, Tim, brother Tim, deporting did people. i say that's all they're going to do that's mike davis would probably be the attorney general
1: Now, Mike Davis is on their radar, not in spite of, but almost certainly because of his unhinged rhetoric, calling kids in cages glorious, barely scratches the surface of his far right, frequently racist statements. I want to come to those in a moment. But there's something else big here, because Mike Davis is exactly what the Trump administration lacked last time around. A skilled, even competent veteran of beltway legal politics and right-wing causes. One who seems keen to transform Trump's darkest fascist impulses into an actual policy agenda. In fact, he's a microcosm of the mainstream GOP establishment's move to the far right in the age of Trump. As former GOP operative turned Never Trumper, Tim Miller, put it recently in The Bulwark, Mike Davis is not some random caddy whom Donald Trump drummed up at Bedminster to issue foreign policy decrees via tweet, he's a guy who has had serious jobs for the Bush DOJ, Newt Gingrich, and Judge Gorsuch. It's true, listen to the man himself. I ran Justice
2: Gorsuch's uh, confirmation effort from the outside, I ran uh, Justice Kavanaugh's confirmation effort from the Senate Judiciary Committee.
1: Yes, Mike Davis went from helping confirm Neil Gorsuch to becoming a law clerk for Justice Gorsuch at the age of 39, to then becoming Chief Counsel for nominations on the same GOP-run Senate Judiciary Committee that got Gorsuch confirmed. A real right-wing revolving door. On that committee, Davis crucially played a major role in helping stack federal courts with hundreds of hard-right, sorry, hard-right, but far-right as well, Trump-nominated judges, including, yes, Brett Kavanaugh, whose own Supreme Court nomination was held up by serious allegations of sexual assault and alcohol abuse, allegations that Mike Davis says he helped to disprove. Yep, Davis was suspended for frequent violations of Twitter's old pre-Elon Musk terms of service for saying things like Joe Biden is making it easier for illegal immigrants to commit crimes, for suggesting a CNN reporter was the gimp in Pulp Fiction, twice, and for calling to imprison Black Lives Matter protesters, calling them woke Al-Qaeda and domestic terrorists who've been terrorizing American cities for eight months. Fortunately for Davis, Elon Musk's Twitter, and of course Fox, let him speak his mind
2: yeah maybe it's not such a good idea to import people from third world marxist hellholes who hate america we're going to become a third world marxist hellhole hell very quickly it is only illegal to object to elections in third world marxist hellholes and now in new york dc and atlanta
1: hmm maybe it's just a coincidence that he-
3: how is that for a sizzle reel? We got Mike Davis, the one and only, the man, the myth, the Twitter, the legal legend joining us. Now I know Steve said MSNBC was bold to give him a 22 minute segment but today in the war room we're doing something that we don't usually do. We're doing an hour-long special with the one and only, I guess, according to Steve, he's an international figure, uh, but that is none other than Mike Davis. I know you guys see him on the show a lot, always bringing you guys legal analysis on whatever the democratic lawfare tactic is of the day, but I thought it was important for the audience to sort of get to know Mike Davis, and I think particularly I want to drill down with him on what exactly accountability looks like, who exactly is deserving of that accountability in say a potential Trump term or even just years down the road, Congress, you name it, through these investigations that we're seeing. Um, but I also think what I really want to get into and what I'm sure Mike Davis will, given his decades of experience, not to age him, uh, but as Mehdi Hassan was freaking out over, how we really counter how we actually push back um, against the deep state, because we know they're already trying to basically nullify what should be Trump's third term. But a second term just today, uh, they actually included, I believe, in the NDAA, uh, a little stipulation that President Trump, or whoever is elected, will not be able to withdraw from NATO um, without the approval, I believe, of the Senate. In other words, they're sort of pre-gaming. Trump's 2024 victory and 2025, swearing in because the globalists would be big mad if we ever pulled out of NATO. I don't know why we need to keep throwing our taxpayer dollars into a rather useless organization, but that's enough for me. You guys are here because you want to hear from, like I said, none other than Mike Davis. Now, Mike, I think we have you. Um, Before we get into all the fun stuff, what accountability looks like, who's exactly deserving of it? Um, I'd love if you could sort of drill down on your background a little bit. I know the refrain we hear from the mainstream media is that, you know, first iteration of Trump was horrible because he had horrible ideas, but wasn't competent. But if you feared him, then you should really fear him now because his allies are actually competent. So I'm curious about your, your understanding or your sort of interpretation of that, but you know, where did you come from? Who are you?
2: <laughs> Who am I? Well, media son <laughs> is my biggest fan. So I am, Hugely grateful, hugely grateful (laughs) to Mehdi Hassan and Joy Reid and Chris Hayes and all the other goofballs in MSNBC who did over 40 minutes of hits on me in one week. It helped the Article 3 Project raise a ton of of money. So I'm going to put those three goofballs on Article 3 Project's board of directors because they are the best fundraisers (laughs) we have. And remember, you can donate at article3project.org and help put media Hassan on our board. Now, my background, I'm from Iowa, um, from Des Moines, Iowa. My parents worked in public schools, uh, in bad public schools. Believe it or not, there are bad public schools in Des Moines, Iowa, and they were majority-minority public schools. And my parents sought them out because they were these liberals who uh, you know, thought they were going to change the world, and they did in a lot of ways. But So I grew up where... I grew up around these schools where, you know, it was a large African-American population, large refugee population. And so I saw from very early on these policies that Democrats pretend help minorities, help immigrants, help refugees actually hurt them, actually trap them in poverty. And that's why, uh, you know, ever since I can remember as a kid why I've been a Republican, why I've been a conservative before I even knew what those labels even meant. Even though I was raised by these parents, I guess I was like the Alex P. Keaton. And, uh, you know, I, I, went, I, I, went, I went to Catholic school. My parents worked in the public schools. They sent us kids to the Catholic schools. And so I saw both worlds. I saw what a Catholic education uh, brought, the, the values, the discipline you got with a, a Catholic education. But I also saw what happened to the public schools and how these, uh, these poor kids, oftentimes black kids, just were not given a fair shake in life. And it was just, it was appalling to me. It was back, you know, when they had welfare trapping black people in intergenerational poverty. And it was, I just couldn't understand how people can support this. And, uh, you know, if you look back, uh, you know, it's I saw very up close and personally as a kid how these policies were so destructive. Uh, And so I got involved politically. When I was in college, I interned for Newt Gingrich. I went to the University of Iowa. For both undergrad and law school. I interned for Newt Gingrich. It wasn't because I had wealthy parents or any special connections. I just very much admired Speaker Newt Gingrich uh, and wanted to intern for him. I had never stepped step foot in Washington DC. So I figured how do I do this? I just started beating down his door. I s- sent letters. I uh, you know I just pestered the hell out of his office until they broke down and hired me. And I interned for Newt. Uh, when he was the speaker during the impeachment of Bill Clinton. And I, I answered the phone when Ken Starr's office called and said they were delivering the Starr report. It may have been Brett Kavanaugh who called, I, I, if I remember correctly. And then my last day as his intern was the same day that the House voted to impeach Bill Clinton. And then I drove back to Iowa, and uh, I started the University of Iowa Students for George W. Bush at the University of Iowa, a very left-wing campus, uh, You know, a lot of death threats, from doing that, and I ran, I ran students for George W. Bush across the uh, the like the twenty plus college campuses at the universe uh, across the state of Iowa for the for the caucuses in two thousand, and then I graduated in May of two thousand. I went out to D.C. I opened the I got a job working for my home state Senator Chuck Grassley from Iowa, opened the mail for him, and then when Bush won, I went and worked in the Bush administration uh, for a year and a half, and then I went back to law school uh, at Iowa for. Uh, Uh, for uh, law school. And then first summer, I worked in the Justice Department both summers, the U.S. Attorney's Office back in Iowa one summer, Maine Justice, the next summer where I helped uh, with the judicial selection process in the Office of Legal Policy. After law school, uh, I took the bar exam Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, moved out to D.C. on Thursday and started my job in the Bush 43 White House on Friday and worked you know, seven days a week, uh, 16 hours a day, for a year. That's how I got to know Neil Gorsuch. He was a uh, he was trying to get into the Justice Department. We got him into the Justice Department, and then he be uh, then we helped him become a federal judge in Colorado. And then, when he moved uh, when he went to set up his chambers, he asked me to go clerk for him. So I clerked for him for a year in Colorado. Liked Colorado so much that I stayed, and I was a civil litigator for 10 years in Colorado. I uh, started uh, started my own law practice, did that for five years, worked at law firms for five years, started my own law practice for five years. And then I helped Gorsuch Justice, uh, then Judge Gorsuch, uh, get through the, uh, the selection process and the confirmation process. And then I helped him get set up on the Supreme Court uh, as one of his first law clerks on the Supreme Court. And then I was going to move back to Colorado and Grassley's office came a Collin, And I went to be the chief counsel for nominations on the Senate Judiciary Committee and help President Trump. Confirm as judges, including Justice Kavanaugh uh, and Justice uh, and all the lower federal court judges. I did that for the first, uh, for the first two years of President Trump's first term. And then uh, I was going to go to a law firm, and I, I got convinced to start the Article 3 project to fight the judicial fight from the outside. And then I started the Internet Accountability Project to go after big tech from the right. Uh, Google, Amazon, Facebook, and Apple with antitrust. <clears throat> Section two thirty immunity and data privacy. So it's been busy. It's been a whirlwind, but I very much enjoy what I'm doing. I, you know, I, I I don't get to make a lot of money doing it, but I don't really care. I get to throw bombs and be a warrior.
3: And you get to be in in the war room. And I was going to say after that, a prestigious track record, and you somehow ended up here in the war room with Steve and myself. But I am curious because that opening clip that we played where, you know, Tim Miller, who I think you should throw in one of your biggest fanboy clubs, um, you know, he makes an interesting point, right? He says the working class people in America, average everyday Americans, they don't care about firing some deep state bureaucrat. And I know Steve and him kind of take the conversation in another direction. But it sort of seems like from your personal experience, right, talking about the public education system, right, the way the way you grew up, what your parents were exposed to, it is these deep state bureaucrats, it is these kind of entrenched government systems that people actually do want to see turned upside down, see the system kind of just change, right? And And I think people want... Accountability. So I think I would humbly push back on what Tim Miller says there, but I'm just curious, your chance to kind of respond to what he says, the way he portrays you,'t do I mean I, I think, but don't you agree that everyday Americans do want to see these bureaucrats who control their life who've basically made their lives abjectly worse fired yeah. and have some actual accountability?
2: Well, that's that's exactly right. That's the problem, is is we have a federal government that is too big, it's too powerful, it's out of control. It's exactly the opposite of what our founding fathers intended. Our federal government is supposed to be very limited. The Constitution loans the federal government specific, enumerated, and divided powers. And what powers we, the people, do not loan to our government, our federal government our state governments, through this loan agreement called the US Constitution, they're not supposed to have those powers. Remember, we escaped from Great Britain, right? In, in Great Britain, power goes from God to the sovereign king or queen, and then power is loaned to the subjects. In America, it's the opposite power comes from God. We are the sovereign people, and we loan power to governments. It's the opposite of Britain. And that was the way our Constitution was interpreted. That was the way things ran with our governments for the first 150 years. And it really was just 90 years ago, over 90 years ago, the switch in time, they changed nine when FDR threatened to pack the Supreme Courts because the Supreme Court was striking down his New Deal programs that the federal government did not have the power to do. And so the Supreme Court says, we're looking at the Constitution, Uh, We're looking at what powers that we, the people, loan to the government and we're not saying that the federal government has this power, so the federal government can't do that. And so FDR threatened to pack the Supreme Court, The, the Supreme Court changed the way it interprets the Constitution, the way it interprets the Commerce Clause, and we have this government that is out of control. Not only does the federal government have all this power that it's not supposed to have, this power is supposed to be with the states and we, the people, not with the federal government, The federal government has all this power and making it worse, the executive branch has consolidated all the power, the the legislative power from Congress, the ability to write the laws. The executive branch bureaucrats somehow have that power. They have the power to execute the laws, which is what they're supposed to do. And they also have the, the power to adjudicate cases and controversies, which is supposed to be with the federal judiciary. So you might have some EPA bureaucrat, unelected bureaucrat at the EPA, who, you know, in this administrative state, who has all this power uh, to to write the law, to interpret the law, to execute the law, and, you know, they become the, the judge, jury, and executioner. And if you're a farmer back in my home state of Iowa, and they're making up laws, and they're making up laws that are retroactive, and they're using that to go after you as a farmer and destroy your family farming business that affects real americans in the real world and that happens every day with this out of control federal government it's not just billionaire former presidents and likely future presidents like donald trump who's who's subjected to this lawfare it's everyday americans like the like like iowa farmers
3: i've always said that it's these you know unelected bureaucrat types the millies of the world the fauci's of the world I know, I guess Joe Biden was technically elected, but even the kind of Hunter Biden, the princelings, right, the American ruling class, it's those people who I think really are the the greatest threat to the economic, just general prosperity of of average, everyday Americans, but I'm curious from your perspective, and Probably get into it on the other side of the break. That's the other reason why we like having Mike Davis on. He always gives nice long answers, so it makes my job <laughs> very easy. But when you talk about accountability, and people always love to say, you know, oh they are doing this, or oh they are doing that. I always like to kind of press people: who exactly is that? You know, they to you, in other words. You know, you can even make a numbered list. But who are some of the the, the people, or entities, or groups that you think? are really deserving of being, you know, looked at with a fine tooth comb, probably eventually having charges brought against them. Um, But who do you think is really deserving of that accountability?
2: Well, look, we have a politicized and weaponized justice uh, system and intel uh, agencies in America. This started under President Obama, and then it's gotten uh, incredibly worse under President Biden, where they have, uh, you know, they impeached President Trump twice for nonsense. They've indicted him four times for non crimes. They're trying to bankrupt his business for non fraud up in New York, the non fraud of paying back sophisticated Wall Street banks on time, in full, as agreed with interest. Somehow that's fraud. This is all backfiring. This, this Democrat law for an election interference is all backfiring. And now they're trying to just take Trump off the ballot. And there are many bad actors, and they're doing this while they're ignoring. Blatant crimes by Joe Biden, by Hunter Biden, by James Biden. It seems like every Biden family member, except for the six-year-old granddaughter, who they finally claimed under political pressure, every Biden family member is on the take with this tens of millions of dollars in foreign bribes and other corruption from Russia, from China, from Ukraine, from Kazakhstan. Seems like every trouble spot around the world, Joe Biden has had his hand uh, in the pot and in, in the corruption pot. And uh, before they said Joe Biden had no idea that what is uh, about his son's business and he had no involvement, these and he didn't take any money. This is all lies. He knew what Hunter was doing. Hunter was the bagman who ran this corruption ring for Joe Biden. Joe Biden met with his business associates. Joe Biden took money. There's, there's evidence that James Comer, the House Oversight Chairman, has been able to show. With the bank records, that money went from China to Hunter Biden's LLC to Joe Biden's bank account. Right? We have a corrupt, we have a compromised, allegedly president of the United States. And it doesn't get worse than that. I mean, how many decisions uh, is Joe Biden making because he's corrupt, because he's compromised? And how, you know, think about it this way: with under President Obama. President Obama put Vice President Biden in charge of Ukraine, right? That was, that, that was under the, uh, Biden's purview as the vice president. And what did Joe Biden do? His family went on the take with Burisma uh, and taken, you know, tens of millions of dollars, uh, it, uh, $10 million at least from Ukraine and, uh, it, 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 to, to Hunter and James and the rest of the family. Putin almost certainly knew this because this Burisma executive where there's, there's evidence that Joe Biden and Hunter Biden tried to shake down this Burisma executive for this $10 million in foreign bribes. Well, guess what? That Burisma executive is almost certainly a Russian asset, a Russian agent. So that means that Putin has blackmail on Joe Biden on these recordings that my former boss Chuck Grassley and James Comer were able to to. Hunt down where they're shaking the, the Joe and Hunter Biden are shaking down this foreign bribe. Putin has that evidence. And you have to think we had Putin invading Crimea when Biden's in charge of Ukraine. You had four years of peace and prosperity, no aggression from Russia when Trump was in office. And now Biden's back and Putin's trying to take the rest of Ukraine. America has spent something like $75 billion and counting trying to save Ukraine from Russia, three Russian-speaking provinces in Eastern Ukraine, uh, trying to save those from Russia. There's no chance in hell this would have happened under President Trump. There's no chance in hell that Putin would have done this to any other president but Joe Biden, because Putin knows that Joe Biden is a crook and he's compromised by these payments.
3: Yeah, Joe Biden couldn't even put America first if he wanted to, and that's a, a very big if, Um, It's why you guys have to go to birchgold.com slash Bannon because you can't trust anyone in the White House to make any financial or fiscal decisions that are going to benefit you guys. I think I'm going to have a little bit of a tough time working in some of the reads to this special, but I will try my best. Um, Mike Davis, I'm curious, specifically on the Hunter Biden front, the Joe Biden, the impeachment, you know, potential inquiry that I guess they've opened. I guess they've now issued the subpoenas for Hunter Biden, but using Sort of that congressional investigation, those efforts as as a framework or as sort of a litmus test or metric, you know, how successful do you think that they have been on the accountability front? And if the answer is sort of you know na or too soon to tell, when do you think we should expect to see results from them?
2: I think James Comer is doing a fantastic job with his oversight on the House Oversight Committee. He's teamed up with my former boss, Senator Chuck Grassley who is the king of oversight, and it's like Luke Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi have teamed up to uncover uh, this this mess, uh, the, all these LLCs, these shell companies, these offshore bank accounts. Uh, James Comer and Chuck Grassley are doing fantastic work unraveling this, and they're, uh, they've been able to show, again, money, money went from China to Hunter's LLC to Joe Biden's bank account. That's pretty damn good investigative work, and they're just getting started. And at some point, these uh, House Republicans and even some House Democrats are going to think, wow, this President Biden is a tremendous liability. He ran this law fair with his Justice Department teaming up with these whack job Democrat district attorneys and prosecutors around the country like Alvin Bragg and Fannie Willis and Tish James and Jack Smith running their lawfare and election interference. They did this against Trump and Trump's top supporters, uh, Trump's top aides, his attorneys, while they give amnesty to Joe Biden, while they give amnesty to Joe Biden's corrupt family, while they give amnesty to Hamas supporters terrorizing Jewish Americans across America, particularly on college campuses, while they give amnesty to BLM and Antifa. They're going after parents at school board meetings, they're going after Christians, praying outside of abortion clinics, and this this corruption by the, by the Bidens, along with his weaponization of the law enforcement and intel agencies to go after his enemies, this is backfiring on Joe Biden, and it's gonna put President Trump back in the White House, as we've predicted, as you, I, and Steve Bannon have predicted, going back to the Mar-a-Lago rate. We've done, I've done over 2,500 media appearances, defending, supporting and defending Trump on this lawfare since the Mar-a-Lago raid. And it is backfiring and backfiring badly on the Democrats. Um, you know, the, every time they indict President Trump, the American people see right through it. They understand that it's lawfare. They understand that it's election interference. And we th- look, We this is not our country is not going to survive this lawfare and election interference. If we can start having One administration indicts the last administration. That's what you do in third world Marxist hellholes. But the Democrats, Joe Biden, these Democrat DAs, Jack Smith, Alvin Bragg, Fannie Willis, Tish James, they've opened the can of worms here. And they're going to regret what they've done here because I don't know how we go back from what they've done.
3: There's sort of an interesting hypocrisy, and in we'll, we'll jump to break in, in a little bit, but you just basically made my case for me. All the horrific things that this political class, the Democrats, but establishment Republicans do, have done, not just to President Trump, but to his supporters, to people like you, to people like myself, of course, to people like Steve. So I find it really, I mean, funny is not the right word, but hypocritical when they have meltdowns on mainstream media, when you say things like, you know what, mainstream media, we're gonna hold you to account when you knowingly lie to our faces and you propagate conspiracy theories that are, are really designed to subvert the authority and the legitimacy of President Donald J. Trump. And they, they think it's an absolutely preposterous idea. Meanwhile, they're throwing anyone who was within, you know, a thousand miles of the January 6th uh, events that transpired in prison as, quick, as quickly as they can. And meanwhile, with people like you, and we're so lucky to have people like you who want to stand up for average, everyday Americans. And I think that's why they have such an issue with you. But after the break, we'll get into some of your more hot takes. Uh, Warren Posse, we'll be right back. Mehdi Hassan, I know you're watching. Don't go anywhere.
0: It's clear the unthinkable is here. Our most trusted institutions now deceive us boldly every day. Something's clearly wrong. Time is short to become more self reliant and secure the future of you and your family. Act today with My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply, the country's largest preparedness comp- company. Let me repeat that it's the country's largest preparedness company. They've been at this a long time and they're more equipped than ever to stock your shelves. Their best-selling 3-month emergency food kit provides delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners that last up to 25 years in storage, and right now it's 200 bucks off. You get over 2,000 calories every day, just add water, heat, and then eat. And remember, you get $200 off if you order today. Make sure every member of your family has a 3-month food kit from my patriot supply. Go right now to mypatriotsupply.com for the $200 savings. Be sure to order by 3 p.m. and your order ships free the same day. It's best to have emergency food and not need it than to need it and not have it. Take $200 off at mypatriotsupply.com. mypatriotsupply.com, it's the biggest preparedness company in the segment. Make sure you take advantage of their consultants. Go there today. Debt. You go to bed thinking about it. You wake up thinking about it. Now, here's the truth. The system traps you in debt. High interest credit cards and loans make it nearly impossible to pay off your debt. And insane inflation keeps you stuck paycheck to paycheck. Done with debt is your lifeline. Done with debt has an ingenious new strategy to help erase your debt faster and easier than you thought possible. Done With Debt analyzes all the debt options you qualify for. They know how to reduce bills. They know how to cut interest rates. Their skilled staff of negotiators know how to get debt out of your life permanently, without bankruptcy, and without additional loans. Done With Debt are the experts in brilliant strategies for eliminating debt, but you need to hurry because some debt solutions are time-sensitive. Now, here's how easy they make it. Go to donewithdebt.com. That's donewithdebt.com. W- done donewithdebt.com. Go there today. Action, action, action. Stop the worrying. Take action. For war room veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. War Room Battleground with Stephen
2: K. Bannon talk then about the Attorney General. I want to play something else. This is from September and it has to do with um, a person named Mike Davis. Take a listen.
1: There's a couple people that you could put in positions like that. You know, we talk about like, you know, Mike Davis as Attorney General. During my
2: three-week reign of terror as Trump (laughs) acting Attorney General, before I get chased out of town with my Trump pardon, I will rain hell on Washington, D.C., We've talked about this, Ben. I have five lists uh, ready to go, and they're growing. List number one, we're going to fire. We're going to fire a lot of people in the uh, executive branch of the deep state. We're going to indict Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and James Biden and every other scumball, sleazeball Biden. I'm going to recommend a lot of pardons. Every January 6th defendant is going to get a pardon. So, Jason, before I go to Joyce to so talk about the stakes of if that person actually had power, why do
4: they treat this like fantasy draft football? Because they have a base that's not going to hold them accountable. Right. Like think, think about the base that's voting for these people. They're dealing with the same inflation. They're dealing with their children being shot at in mass shootings. They're dealing with gas prices, fluctuating. They're dealing with jobs, health care, all the real issues. But they don't care. They don't care. They don't want a party anymore. They want a revenge tour. They want someone to shake the table. You no longer have a functioning party. I say this all the time. The Republicans are basically a personality cult at this point. So they're able to act this way because the people who vote for them no longer expect to receive policy anymore. They want an emotional response. And the danger of this is since we only have one functioning party, the functioning party needs to put the guardrails in now. They need to start putting policies in now saying, hey, you can't do this. We're going to this constitutional we're going to put this into policy we're going to make sure people can vote because if you don't do it now and the off chance that trump gets into office there will be nothing to stop him if you don't establish that these things are illegal now
1: I don't know that I fully buy this idea that people don't care about their kids' safety or the cost of things. But where I do think you're right is I think they have been
4: sold this idea that the government cannot be the agent for those things and that there is such dysfunction that you might as well, as you said, flip the table. Joyce Vance, if that person were, in fact, the attorney general of this, the United States of America, what then is on the line?
3: Right. Everything is on the line. That's, you know, a macabre Saturday Night Live version of what an attorney general should be. Because we have due process in this country. Criminal prosecutions aren't meant to be a political weapon. And yet that's precisely what he's talking about in that cliff. And perhaps more frighteningly, that's Donald Trump's vision for the future. An America where the Justice Department is just another political tool at his disposal. Welcome back to the War Room. And while I disagree with most of what we just heard, I do agree with their assessment that everything is on the line that is the future of this so wonderful country. Thank God we have people like Mike Davis to defend it for us, much to the dismay of our uh, our dear friends in the mainstream media. Um, Mike Davis, we will now get into all the stuff that Everyone who we just saw, I don't really know any of their names. They're all irrelevant, um, despite being so, oh, so smart. Um, <laughs> but they really, really, really get upset over. And let's just start off. Do you actually think, and will you actually, if you had the power, would you actually put Mehdi Hassan in a gulag?
2: I would love to put Mehdi Hassan in the gulag. And I had not seen that MSNBC clip until now, Natalie. <laughs> and i took down the names of those all those people and they're going to go in the gulag as well. I mean, let's let's step back and look at this. I troll people, i joke about being the attorney general or the acting attorney general and they're saying it's fascism. They're actually doing it. The democrats are actually doing it. They brought 91 counts against a former president and the leading presidential candidate. They're trying to throw him in prison for 700 years, for the rest of his life, because they fear they can't beat him on November 5th, 2024. These Democrats have gone after Trump. Trump's top aides, including Peter Navarro and Steve Bannon, Trump's supporters on January 6th, right, that who trespassed and who paraded, right? I, I saw, I ran the Senate confirmation for Kavanaugh. There were a lot of people who were trespassing and chasing senators and to restricting area, uh, areas and disrupting the proceedings not a damn thing happened to them right and uh, and so but they're going to go after all these trump supporters on january 6th and be and and go after them with extremely harsh sentences and extremely harsh punishment they're going after parents they tried they, the biden justice department tried to sick the fbi on parents who were outraged by gender chaos and the resulting rapes in high school bathrooms they showed up to school board meetings outraged and 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 Bi- uh, the Biden justice department was going to sick the FBI after them they're they're throwing christians in prison for praying outside of abortion clinics they had the FBI uh, open up an an intel assessment on the catholic church at the same time they're giving amnesty to joe biden and hunter biden and james biden and all these other bidens they're they're giving amnesty to the blm and antifa and hamas supporters who are wrecking havoc across America. We cannot continue down this path. And th- that's the problem with this politicized and weaponized justice system that Joe Biden has unleashed on Trump and Trump's supporters is, you know, what ha- What look look at how they're panicking at the thought that this could actually happen to them. And they have zero self-awareness that Joe Biden is actually doing this right now. Tish James is doing this right now by trying to bankrupt Trump's business for non-fraud. Jack Smith and Alvin Bragg and Fannie Willis are trying to throw Trump in prison for the rest of his life. They're they're going after Trump, they're going after 18 other co-defendants down in Georgia on these January 6th cases. It is not a crime to object to a presidential election. It's allowed by federal statute, the Electoral Count Act of 1887. Democrats objected in two, 1968, 2000, 2004, 2016. You don't see Al Gore and Hillary Clinton and John Kerry in prison for objecting. It's also not a crime to twist arms politically. That's allowed by the First Amendment. They are they, The Democrats are criminalizing the political process like you would do in third world Marxist hellholes and now in New York dc and atlanta not only are these democrat prosecutors doing this they're teaming up with these highly partisan democrat judges like dc obama judge tanya shutkin jack smith's teaming up with tanya shutkin to try to put to railroad president trump to try to put him in prison for the rest of his life they're doing this uh with tish james the new york attorney general is doing this with manhattan judge arthur ingeron a total goofball partisan this judge just decreed that President Trump somehow committed fraud with these banks even before the trial began. No witnesses, no other evidence. This judge was so rabid and partisan, he just said Trump committed fraud, no no trial needed, and now they're just looking at damages. What do these Democrats think is going to happen to our country if uh, if they do this? Think about this. This is how the Roman Republic fell. It was the Senate insiders waging lawfare against Caesar it caused him to cross the Rubicon from Gaul into Rome, and it led to the fall of the Roman Republic. And again, I'm not saying there's going to be violence here. I'm just saying there's going to be a political and legal tit for tat going forward that is going to destroy our country because of this Democrat welfare.
3: You're so right, it really is projection at its finest and I'm sure Saul Alinsky would be very proud of the mainstream media talking heads that we just saw, but it's interesting because it's projection with the powers of, you know, the state, the apparatus, the political class behind them so that's how you get lawfare tactics right it's it's reifying that projection The accuse your enemy of, of what you're guilty of now the other issue that i really wanted to get in uh with you on was immigration because i think not only is that the issue that most americans care about right it's always consistently number one in the polls i'd argue it's why trump won primarily in 2016 but i also think it's where there's the largest chasm oftentimes between promises made And promises kept and I think that's because the kind of deep state, the administrative state, right, really, really, really pushes hard, whether it's through the mainstream media, the, you know, crying stories they put out, the NGO apparatus, the ones that they even have at the border shuttling these people into the country, right, you're up against a a monolithic entity that is intent hellbent on destroying this country. So I'm curious to you, what you think priorities on on immigration should be right is it the mass deportations is it reforming legal immigration but more importantly how do you get ahead of how do you sort of pre-game preempt what is the inevitable kind of counter attacks the counter efforts that are going to come from the administrative state and democrats
2: well first of all i think that house republicans need to step it up when it comes to holding joe biden accountable they need to do it through the oversight process They need to do it through the impeachment process. They need to do it through the appropriations process. And they need to end this lawlessness. They need to end, they need to cut off federal funding for for Jack Smith and these Democrat prosecutors. Article 3 project came up with this policy writer, and Congressman Andrew Clyde from Georgia is championing it. It's simply this. uh, No federal funds may be used for uh, for, for any prosecution of a major presidential candidate on or before, before November 5th, 2024. Let the American people, not these Democrat prosecutors and these Democrat judges and these Democrat hellholes like D.C. and Atlanta, uh, uh, D.C., Atlanta, and New York, uh, decide the next presidential election. And so we could, these are unprecedented indictments. They waited 30 months to bring these, and now they're stacking these trials to go back to back. They're starting now. They started in October with Tish James's trial, uh, civil trial for non-fraud. Jack Smith's January 6th trial starts March 4th. They're trying to jam that through. That's going to put President Trump in a courtroom for several months instead of on the campaign trail. Alvin Bragg has his bogus trial for a businessman settling a nuisance claim starting on March 25th. Uh, Jack Smith then has his Mar-a-Lago trial on May 20th for the non-crime of a former president having his presidential records in the office of former president, which is allowed by the Presidential Records Act. And then Fannie Willis down in Georgia has her trial starting on August 5th. They want President Trump to be in the courtroom before the election and in prison after the election. And that is just unacceptable. And House Republicans should step up again with oversight, impeachment and, uh, and appropriations. And one area, as you said, Natalie, that where they really need to step it up is immigration. Joe Biden should be impeached for opening up our border and letting these illegal economic migrants, unvetted illegal economic migra- migrants, millions and millions and millions of them flood into our country from, uh, from places all over the world, these trouble spots all over the world. And this is creating a grave danger to our country because everyone knows that terrorists are getting into our country. They're being, they're unvetted, they're getting in, they're getting in undetected. And separate from the terrorism threat, they are letting these these illegal economic migrants, fighting-age men from all over the world, if they're refugees, why the hell are they leaving their wife and kids at home? These fighting-age men are coming to America and they are overwhelming our system. All these sanctuary cities like D.C., New York, Chicago, and other places that pretend like they sanctuary cities and want these migrants they can't handle them right they can't handle these migrants just think about what's going on on our southern border right it's we're being flooded we're being invaded by these illegal economic migrants that needs to be fixed on day one when trump's back in office
3: now mike the audience may not know this because this is sort of the the behind the scenes stuff but of all the guests that we have on you are always eager always willing I won't use the word you describe yourself as to describe how you like to do media, but I, I really, I, I respect it. And I know the audience appreciates it and it makes my job very easy. So I'm just curious before we go, I think we got a few minutes left. It's obvious that you care very deeply about this stuff. And this is maybe the uh, the feminine side of me coming out. I know the rule used to be no women in the war room, but we've since changed that. Um, I'm just curious, like, what motivates you? You know, why do you, like you said, you've done, what is it, like thousands of media appearances on, on Lawfare against Donald Trump. You've probably lost money. You could have a really nice job at some cushy law firm. Like, I, I'm always intrigued by people who choose to get into the fight. So I'm just curious, what makes you want to get up every day and fight?
2: Well, I mean, I was, I was born with red hair. And so you're used to just fighting your entire <laughs> life. And I have the backbone and background to do this. And there aren't a lot of people, as we've seen, who actually have the background and the backbone to go do these fights. And I'm willing to do it because we're losing our country, right? I always say this is not our parents' or grandparents' Democrat Party. These aren't liberals who love America and just disagree with conservatives on the best way to get there. These are leftists, these are Marxists, they hate America, they they hate due process. They believe in Me Too justice and weaponized, politicized and weaponized justice. They don't believe in equality. They they believe in equity. They don't believe in free speech. They believe in censorship under the guise of protecting us from misinformation or, or and disinformation. We saw this really get bad uh, during COVID and the BLM riots. And I, what I, what made me so enraged why I got kicked off Twitter five times before Elon took over is I'd go on there and say what a lot of people were thinking, but they didn't have the courage to say it. I saw our country being transformed by the Marxist left. And if we do not stop them, they're going to destroy our country. And America is is the, the last great hope for the rest of the world. If America fails, the rest of the world fails. And that's what motivates me. I don't look I don't care about money. I could be making a lot more money at a law firm. I spend a lot of my own money running the Article 3 project because I'm, I'm so bad at fundraising and I hate asking people for money. But <laughs> you donate at article3project.org. But I, I, <laughs> that was a right. great
3: pitch.
2: There you go. I'll do my plug there. But I, that's what motivates me is I fear we are losing our country. We're losing who we are, whether it's through this lawfare, uh, whether it's through this politicized and weaponized justice system. And frankly, this is going to be controversial, But the Democrats are replacing our population. You talk about the the millions and millions of millions of illegal economic migrants that they're bringing into this country. Look, they're not bringing in real refugees who are trying to escape Marxism from Cuba and Venezuela. They're bringing in people from from Marxist hellholes. They're trying to transform our country. This is subversion. They're trying to destroy our country from within because they hate America and they're trying to destroy us and that's why it is so important this next election is so important it is all on the line if President Trump is back in the White House he will save America if he if President Trump loses or if they steal the election from President Trump again then guess what there goes America there goes the Supreme Court there goes our God-given right to speak to worship to associate to protect ourselves. The Supreme Court is and on Mike, the line. In we are
3: coming up, against, we're coming up against a break. I'm sorry to pull a Steve and interrupt you, but real quick, if people want to follow you, support you, all the things, thank you for spending an hour with, with us here in the war room. Where can they go to do all that?
2: Article3project.org. Article3project.org. Donate there. At article 3 projects, At article 3 project Get her Twitter truth. And my personal is at Mrd. D M I A M R D D M I A and Mediason, you can come on the Article Three Project Board of Directors, and then you can go to hell.
3: (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us, Mike and Warren Posse. We got a special song for you by the one and only wonderful friend of mine, Phil Nico, the Canon of Bannon. Also, go to JaceMedical.com.